0: You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 83. This is the Give Me Five Podcast, a semi entertaining show about very entertaining things. I'm Greg, and I am joined by Rob. And I'm killing Marvel superheroes. (sighs) Strike force. Uh, And Jimmy.
1: I saw, speaking of Marvel superheroes, I saw Endgame again on Sunday. And spoiler alert, as soon as Thanos arrived on Earth, the power went out. And for a (laughs) brief second, I was like, oh my God, this is real. I'm going to walk outside (laughs) and half the population is going to be gone. Even though it was the second time I saw it.
0: Well, you did not get a chance to do a review, so give, give me your best 30-second review of Endgame, which um, you saw it twice, so I kind of know where that is. But
1: I did. I, I saw it twice, uh, so 30 seconds. Here we go. I uh, thought it was very, very well done. I enjoyed it so much more the second time around. I picked up on a lot of the smaller things. Uh, I think Fat Thor was the best part of the movie. Yeah. I loved seeing Korg and Meep back in there on the front lines. It was a very stand up and cheer affair, and yeah, uh, apparently
0: Howard the Duck was in there.
1: Apparently he was.
0: Did you know that, Rob? I did not see him when when the wasp appears in the middle of the of the screen. Uh huh. Like, like the kind of the the last group of people on the right side is all the all the Ravagers, and right in front is a very small Howard the Duck. Oh wow! Yeah, I, our, I, I did not I see him.
2: Was. That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, Howard speaking of the speaking duck. of
2: uh.
1: <laughs> wow. Speaking Fantastic. of spoilers, this is a review show and there will probably be spoilers. I mean, hell, there already were. We will try to avoid any major twists. So if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read or listened to yet, then use your own discretion.
0: I've got a little bit of news.
1: OK, so do I.
0: I saw a little blurb uh, yesterday that uh, Chadwick Boseman, mm-hmm. Black Panther, yes. uh, mm-hmm. is cast uh, in a movie as the first black samurai, Yasuke. He was a samurai from 15... 15- 79 to 1582. And I don't know too much about that story, but apparently it's a fairly interesting one. There was also a book that just came out in April. Now, about it. clarification. Okay. He's he's the first black man cast as a samurai,
2: or he's cast as the samurai it's an, it's who a, was a the first black samurai? He's historically one. the first black samurai. Okay. Yes. I was confused okay. when you said it. I wasn't sure which one it was.
0: Okay, sorry. sorry. Um, So apparently it's a, a story of a man went over as like a, a attendant to some Italian national and ended mm-hmm. up staying there and became a samurai. Cool. It looks interesting. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm thinking about picking up the book if I can find, uh, if I can find it just apparently it just came out in April, in April. So,
1: Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Nice.
0: I, I've been Where's way into the... martial arts stuff since our review of, uh, Karate Kid. well, not necessarily that, but, uh, fine. The, uh, uh, Ninja scroll Got me kind of back, and then the okay. Batman one, and then, of
1: course... Uh, you the- enrolled your child into martial arts, and now he's taking weapons training. It's
0: true, it's true.
1: Anyway, what you got, Jimmy? Got a little bit. Yeah, we have a release date for the new Tool album. Yay! And it's August 30th. I'm super excited at the Rockville Festival. Recently, they premiered two new songs that sound very, very Tool-like, very avant-garde. So, really looking forward to that.
0: I was offered a free ticket to that, and I just didn't feel like driving two Mm. hours to Jacksonville in the rain.
1: Yeah, nobody really. I mean, sorry, Jacksonvillians, but it's not You'd have to to
0: be a tool to do that. (laughs) Hey!
1: (sighs) Got one more awesome bit of news real quick. We have mentioned it, but we will finally be covering it soon. There's the What We Do in the Shadows series on FX has been renewed. For a second scene. Oh,
0: awesome! I did not see that either. Oh, that. you didn't? No, I would have. I would have put that in as my news. But I'm <laughs> glad you know. Yeah.
1: I I do a Google search every couple of days. Just what we do in the shadows renewed, and it was announced today. I read this on bloody-disgusting.com. Can't wait! It's such oh. a funny show.
2: Well, I will I will piggyback upon all of those because there were a couple of new releases that, that I discovered today. One actually came out last month, and I can't believe I missed it because I love the series. But the third book in the Red Sister series by Mark Lawrence was released last uh, month.
1: Yes, you've talked about that.
2: Um, Holy Sister is now available on Audible. Uh, I downloaded it today, and I will be listening to that at some point in the near future, and I'll let you guys know what I think. Yes. Um, also, it officially is back. The fourth season of Lucifer has been released on Netflix.
1: I heard that today, and I was very excited for you.
2: We've watched the first episode, and we we've enjoyed it. It's it's kind of weird. It's it's kind of a little off. It's Netflix now, so they can do a little bit more than what they were able to do on on network television.
0: So we'll see how it goes. Does uh are the other episodes like season one through three? Uh, yes, on are on they Netflix? on Netflix? Yes, they are.
2: Oh, cool!
1: Okay. I might have to catch I, up on that
0: over the summer. I'm going to have to do that. Okay. Um, so I guess we should probably about. mention this fun little bit of news. So, uh, first of all, I, over the past month, so April, uh, we had a pretty big uptick in listeners and I briefly touched on the story, the Avengers episode, but I didn't want to really get too much into it because Jimmy was not at that episode. And obviously he is a big part of why we had an uptick in listeners. So I want to just thank all of the new listeners and thank all the old listeners. Um, you know, we we pretty much doubled our number of listeners from the month before, uh, at amazing. least on the things that I'm able to see. Uh, you know, it was it was a thousand, which you know that's not really a number to scoff at. And you know, it's we're every month we've had more listeners than the month before, and we thank you guys for that because that's either you telling friends, uh, it's you know uh, listening consistently and all that stuff, and we you know that really helps us out. And for something that we do, uh, you know, just in the comfort of our own homes. Uh, Rob, most likely not wearing pants most of the time.
1: Probably not. Definitely not.
0: I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking. about. I'm actually about.
1: wearing Rob's pants.
0: Yeah, he is. So as so, we are, right sh- we are now we are now shedding listeners like Rob sheds his pants. But thank you very much out there, guys, and uh, keep it up, and we'll hopefully be, be able to keep uh, entertaining you. Yeah, definitely. Thanks,
1: thank guys. You. Hey, I got one more line item of news here. And I, as
2: as do I, okay. But go ahead. sure,
1: I'll I'll try and make this as short and sweet as possible. Um, news has been released, and I have to thank Kerwin for this. Um, beginning in the year 2022, we have got Star Wars films being released. Uh, three untitled films, part of a new saga. I'm assuming
0: should be almost all new characters. Yep, a new. Lots and all that stuff, which I'm very interested about. So
1: right now, it's set for December 16th, 2022, December 20th, 2024, and December 18th of 2026. Also, in this announcement, we have got more information about Avatar. Its original release date for Avatar 2 was supposed to be December 18th, 2020. It will now hit... Say it, Rob. Say it. They have sex
2: (laughs) with their tails!
1: Thank you. So we will have four um new avatar films every other year after 2021 which the second one will come out until 2027 three untitled marvel movies uh rumor has it that uh we will be seeing a black widow title shang chi or possibly the eternals
0: and god willing we'll still be here giving you telling you what we thought sure will i saw a little thing about that like it looked that someone said that, like, oh, the last of these Star Wars movies will be coming out at 2027. And should, like, someone exercising, you know, <laughs> someone that was not in shape exercising to
1: prolong their life. Mm. Yeah, and New Mutants nice. has a new release date. It is April 3rd of 2020.
0: I heard they're going horror route on that one. That's, had some horror that's elements the word. And they expanded it, but we'll see.
1: Rob, and, you got one more thing? And
0: my, yeah, my news. We would be
2: remiss. Um, we We just touched on the franchise Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it was this week, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was last It week. was the very end of April. Yeah. Right.
2: But the, the news came out yes. on Monday. Yes, yes. Yeah.
0: The news came out on
2: Monday that our beloved Chewbacca has passed away. Peter Mayhew passed away at the end of last week. And this is really the first time that I can remember that a celebrity, um, passed away and we didn't know about it for a couple of
0: days. Well, the, the family like, kept it very quiet.
2: Right, they they kept it on the down low for like three days. I mean, he di- I think it was like Friday that he died, and nobody heard about it until like Monday.
0: Uh, he was a very big, no pun intended, presence on the con circuit, and never mm-hmm. heard anyone say a bad thing about him. He was he loved all of his fans. He actually, his niece, I believe, toured at the school that Jimmy and I work at, and he went with her. And oh, everyone oh, nice. at the school was uh. Of course, freaking out because they knew who he was, and he stopped and was polite and signed autographs, and then you know, kept things moving because this was obviously for his niece. But sure. um, I ran into him um, right outside of our classroom, actually, Jimmy. That where the what? that where that it was a it was I think I think it was when you were in Washington, but it was right near that that wooden wall picture thing outside the the door. Mm-hmm. So they were they happened to be passing by, and I was there. I was like, oh, thanks. Said hi and awesome. Yeah, so. And I've heard it had a lot of our coworkers that are artists have very good examples of him. Like he'll, they would draw Chewbacca and he would post it and remember the people. He would remember the artist that drew Chewbacca. And if he saw them at cons, he would actually walk over to them and say, I really love that piece you did with Chewbacca doing this or wow. that. Like he actually remembered him. Wow.
1: What a Wookie. Rest in peace, yes. Peter Mehu.
0: It has been a little while due to some of the weird Game of Thrones and Avengers related things. But I've got a snap decision.
1: Uh-oh. Heyo. All right.
0: Hit it. So the other day, Jimmy, you were there to witness this. I walk out of my classroom into the hallway and there is a student, full-grown college student, and he is eating a whole ass broccoli in the hallway. He's yep. got he it is an entire broccoli stock. like you like he just went to the produce section of Publix, sure. grabbed it. It was still in the the Publix grocery bag still had the rubber band on it, and he was just gnawing away on it. Like it was a whole head of broccoli? It was the whole thing. Like, you, like, not, you not, like one, not like one
2: little tree, but it was, it was kind of like it was the, the whole the entire cauliflower
0: thing? thing. Like, like he bought it and immediately started eating it. Like it was an ice cream cone. The whole thing. Is he is he mental?
1: I just certainly me. hope he rinsed it off.
0: Just gnawing away. Rinse, at it. Rinsed it off, yeah. okay, Which <laughs> blew my mind, and I, I did a little social media post about it, and it had like a bazillion people that did the little wow thing and was confused about it more posts than like pictures of puppies and other things, which is strange. But so it got me thinking, guys, is there anything that you eat in a weird way that you don't want our listeners to know about? Therefore, you have to.
1: I drank a bag of pickle juice in class today.
0: That's yeah, that was actually a timely, timely answer. But (laughs) But is that is that eating something in a weird way or is that just eating something weird? I think it's eating something – it's both in this case because it is eating in a weird way because the pickle juice is really not there for that. It's there to keep the pickle brining.
2: But the pickle juice is in fact juice and actually Mm. the only way to consume it would be to drink it. Unless you're like snorting it up your nose through a straw, then that would be eating it, consuming it in a weird way.
1: And I have to give a big shout out to Kira Gondek Silva for (laughs) – bringing that in and it was one of the best damn pickles you guys know my love for pickles it was okay. one of the best damn pickles I've ever had in my life so is that
2: totally why you didn't say anything when I got on when I got on to the uh, to the mic chat tonight and was eating a pickle because normally you piss and moan when I eat something in your ear
1: was it a pickle
2: it was no, I'm pickle. just trying
1: to be more calm
2: ah uh, <laughs> I just figured because it was a pickle you didn't say anything
1: was it a delicious pickle what kind of pickle it was, was it
2: it was oh it God. was a dill pickle.
1: Was, what kind was it Clawson? No. Oh.
2: It was the other one, the other major brand, which okay. right now I can I can't remember what it was. And welcome back to Pickle Talk.
1: <laughs> welcome to the Pickle Podcast where we discuss everything pickles. So, is there anything I w- eat in a weird way that I um like will do in public or anything like that? Uh, I I mean, I I love clamato juice. A lot of people think that's weird. Um Rob, do you have one because i'm I'm trying, but
2: but, but again, it's it, <laughs> <laughs> but
1: it
2: but again, it's not so much I, I don't necessarily eat things in a weird way, so much as I do have a couple of things that I eat that are weird, weird. What are they? Like my dad turned me on when I was younger to peanut butter and pickle sandwiches, and everybody always goes oh, my God, that's disgusting. And I'm like, have you tried it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then
1: shut
0: your mouth. <laughs> I can legit say it's disgusting because I hate pickles. But You're Jimmy, a terrible person. Jimmy loves pickles. Have you ever tried it, Jim?
1: No, I'd be willing to, though.
0: You totally should. I've never because heard of it. What do, we, what do you we say d- next episode? Jimmy, will you pre-prepare a pickle and peanut butter sandwich, and then you will taste it on air?
1: Just remind me, yeah.
0: Okay. I, I have to tell you how it's made, though. Okay. Okay. Because you you
2: put peanut butter on both sides of the sandwich. So you put peanut butter on one side and peanut butter on the other side. And then you use the pickle spears. And you typically you get like three of them. You use the pickle spears and you get three of them on the bread. And then you close it up in the little peanut butter coffin. And basically what that does is the peanut butter seals all the pickle juice inside. Mm. So then as you eat it, you get the crunchy saltiness of the pickle. And then you get the sweetness of the peanut butter.
0: Jimmy can only get so hard. You got to stop. (laughs) <laughs> He's making weird noises. I'm not comfortable <laughs>
1: I'm not I, I don't know where we're going with the rest of this episode now. I'm no, just thinking no. about pickles. Jimmy
2: is going to have a sandwich. He'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, so
1: mm, I, I, got, I have pickles. Okay, go
0: ahead. I do have, I have been caught on multiple occasions by, by the wife uh, drinking apple juice from the container using a straw. And she walks into the kitchen, sees me doing it, shakes her head, and turn, pivots on one foot and walks away.
1: Well, that's because you shouldn't be using straws, Greg. You should be more eco-conscious than that.
0: Excuse me. I have one of those metal straws that's reusable, and I use that. That is my applesauce straw.
1: Okay. Oh, here's one.
0: Coincidentally, that's what I used to disimpact myself when I was over at his house. Uh, That's a shame.
1: I I do have one now. (laughs) That's
0: that's unfortunate. I I no longer have a metal straw.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I take shots of Worcester sauce. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll just go to my fridge, and I'll be grabbing a some water or something and i'll say oh and i'll just it don't you know tip it back drink some worcester sauce okay or worcestershire
2: but again i mean i i don't know that that's necessarily eating something
1: in a weird way i i do pour it on the floor and then lick it off first
2: oh okay Well, okay that's that would be weird yes
1: okay i used to eat bread in a weird way Um, I used to take a slice of bread. Oh, I've, I've got a couple of more. Actually, I used to take a slice of bread and I would tear off the crust and I would pull pieces of the bread off and I would ball them up into what looked like little gnocchi things. And I would eat the little, you know, wads of bread. Um, another one I used to just eat, um, jars of cottage cheese.
0: That's why I do that still.
1: (laughs) And then actually one more. I used to take slices of, like, Kraft American cheese, mm-hmm. um, which I'm boycot- boycotting the Kraft brand. But that's what I used to do um, is I used to tear a little hole in the bottom corner of that, like, plastic thing, and I would, like, ch- like suck the cheese out of the little hole.
0: <laughs> Why are you boycotting Kraft?
1: Because <laughs> he's a nasty old man.
0: Not the same dude. What? It's not the same person.
1: Oh. Well, I'm not. So I'm not boycotting craft anymore. But I haven't done that in a really long time. His name is a gross old man. I just know.
2: I actually remembered too as well.
1: Okay. Um,
2: okay. I, I was I was chastised at one point by my mother because we went out for breakfast and she caught me eating my pancakes with my hands, like just like picking a, a pan-
1: like a sandwich.
2: Yeah, just picking a pancake up dipping it in the uh, either the egg juice or the syrup or whatever I was using, scooping it up, and then just kind of putting it in my mouth. And she was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm eating my pancakes. (laughs) She's like, use your fork, you savage. I was like, what? (laughs) It's like bread. What do you mean? Use a what? Yeah, I don't do that all the time, but that was one of the times. I just happened to remember that. And I don't know if this is a weird way to eat them or not, But Pop Tarts. Okay. I, I used to always nibble around the edges and eat all the crust off first and then eat the frosting and the, uh, and the
0: filling. I believe that's the only way you're supposed to eat that. Okay. I also ate them cold. Freeze them. They're freaking awesome. Okay. We're, we're closing out here. We're closing out here. We're making our (laughs) little, a lot of weird stuff.
1: Sorry, guys. First (laughs) of all, or (laughs) we're making them vomit.
0: Yeah. So guys, we want to hear from you. You know how to get in touch with us. Give me five podcasts. spell out the five. You can find us all over the place. Let us know your weird food. What and, weird shit are you eating? And thank you in advance, Jubels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'll bring us to our first topic of the week, and that is the new documentary on Netflix about the greatest guitar player that you've never heard of. I'm going to say Mr. Robert Johnson. What's the I've official title of, him, of it, Jimmy? Greg?
0: You've never heard of him? I uh, don't you've don't heard know. of a lot of the stuff that he's done, but he, uh... It, it's actually a series, and they also have one on um, – you just keep
1: going, and I'll look it up. Yeah, there are other uh, people that they profile on the series. It's called Remastered, yeah, and this you. one is Devil at the Crossroads. And now I'll talk about why it's called that here in a second. But Robert Johnson was a guitar player from the Mississippi Delta uh, back in the late 20s, early 30s. So a long yeah, time born, ago. Born in
0: 1911.
1: It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yep, Rob. You said you'd never heard of him but yeah. you have heard his influence on music.
0: Okay.
1: Um you're familiar with the I guess the chord progression uh it it lives in a lot of blues songs. It's that that mm-hmm. da- dun da- dun da- dun da- dun da- dun dun da- dun dun and that was Robert Johnson. You speed that up and you have rock and roll. He was, you know, the the kind of godfather of that style. Um there were other blues artists at the time. Um but no one played the guitar like Robert Johnson did. And there are a lot of interviews with people in the documentary, current blues artists. Uh, there's Keith Richards is in there and he just, you know, heaps praise on Robert Johnson's playing style. Um, it said that Robert Johnson did things. He, it said that he had these really long fingers mm. that he could do so many things on the guitar at one time that it sounded like multiple people playing it. Now.
0: Yeah. He, one of the things he invented to kind of further that was the call response style where, where it would be where and it's kind of hard to do but it's a, it's kind of a blues thing where it's like there's one part of the lyric and then there's a response musically and it's the delta blues is the type of blues that he pioneered mm-hmm. that's that's one of the things that's there it was a very stripped down cuz they had no money it was nope. mostly acoustic mm-hmm. and it did these crazy things where it was almost like two people
1: were playing back and forth but it was one person yep so robert johnson wasn't always considered to be this savant of the guitar, mm-hmm. he would follow around, you know, prominent blues musicians at the time. And uh, one in particular was a man by the name of Sun House. And Sun House would play these shows and he would pack out these juke joints, where really at the time it was the only place for um, African-Americans to come together and, and let their hair down, so to speak. Because those times down in the South, the Mississippi Delta had more lynchings uh, than anywhere else in the in the world at this time. So it was it was really dangerous um, for you African-American. Need, you needed to get
0: famous to play these shows, but getting famous could lead to your death.
1: It could, because if right. you and the, what Robert Johnson did, he went out on the road by himself. People were like, you are crazy. You're going to get lynched, you know. But he went out and he was you know passionate about it. He wanted to become famous. He would follow these guys around. He would pick up their guitars between sets. They'd put them down and people in the audience would complain. They'd say, you're so noisy. They'd come up to Sunhouse house and, and say, please make this kid stop playing the guitar. So what happens? Sunhouse house says, get out of here, kid and stop annoying my audience. Robert Johnson disappears for a year. He comes back after this year off and he's playing the guitar like no one else in a year. So, and when, you, and when you listen
0: to it, you're like, Oh yeah, that sound. Okay. That's what's so special about that? But it's, he invented it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's said that he, if he noticed you paying a little too close attention to his playing style, he would turn his back or he would just stop playing. Now the whole mystery of Robert Johnson is, um, pretty fascinating. There are only two known photos of Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson recorded 29 songs, but he became so prominent in the blue circle.
0: Yeah. The, uh, yeah, he went down to Texas and recorded the 29 songs at two different mm-hmm. recording sessions. And what's interesting is like you said, they didn't really know he was big, but I, I kind of somewhere around high school, I fell in love with the blues. Mm. I'll talk about that eventually. I'm sure. Okay. And when I fell in love with the blues, there was a couple albums that were given to me and there was a, a Johnson album. It was like the essential, which had about 29 songs on it. I don't know the exact number, but it was probably all of his songs. And I didn't realize that it was one of those things that he had he had disappeared from common knowledge probably until the 60s.
1: He did. Uh his birth certificate wasn't it didn't turn up until 1967. Death certificate. Death certificate, yes, I'm sorry. And and this is the only time we figured out like who his mom was, who his dad was, things like that. But getting back to his disappearance, um that year that he was gone. Now it's said that he went back to his hometown and uh, studied under the tutelage of another prominent musician at the time, uh, Ike Zimmerman. And they would practice in the cemetery uh, because, as Ike Zimmerman told Robert Johnson, this audience isn't going to give you any trouble. <laughs> I, I still think it's funny.
0: Like When they said the name Ike Zimmerman, I'm like, that sounds more like a dentist than a prominent blues musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Or like an accountant. But they would practice, oh, Ike Zimmerman, I'll give you his number. (laughs) They would practice in the graveyard, uh, sitting on top of two graves because it was said that if you played in the graveyard at 12 a.m., you would encounter the spirits who would teach you how to play better guitar. There's also the big myth that Mr. Robert Johnson at the crossroads, you guys have heard this term so many times, sold his soul to the devil in exchange for
0: prominence. For fame. To the crossroads where Robert Johnson supposedly sold his soul, it's actually got a sign and a marker now. It is the corner of Highway three twenty two, also known as North State Street and DeSoto Avenue, US Highway sixty one. And that is in Clarksdale, Mississippi. And they have a little sign with some tars and other things. And there's a barbecue joint there too, which is probably really good. Probably. Yeah. And twelve hours away from where I am, and I'm strongly considering it. <laughs> Someday. I think I think I maybe think, we should. I, I'm pretty sure I've driven through there or at least drove mm-hmm. through someplace that claimed that it was that it'd be cool.
1: So I said, this was out there and it, it is a myth that a lot of people believe because when Robert Johnson came back, he showed up, he was playing guitar. He dropped people's jaws. You know, uh, a lot of people would say he went away for a year. He, and this was a quote, he did something. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say it was his diligence and his studying that he did. But if you listen to a lot of Robert Johnson's lyrics, there are a lot of references to hoodoo. Now, that's different than voodoo. What hoodoo was, it's a form of African-American folk magic, uh, also known as conjure and emerged from a combination of traditions. He talks, well, sings, you know, about some of these traditions, and he mm-hmm. does mention the devil a lot in his music walking with the devil, for example, hellhounds chasing me, things of that nature. So a lot of people go, well, maybe he actually did. And we all know from stories where you sell your soul to the devil, the devil comes reckoning and things happen. He experienced a lot of tragedy in his life. Now, at this time in the 1920s, and 1930s, Southern Baptist preachers weren't making any money. The blues musicians were. Hmm. So the Southern Baptist preachers coined the term devil's music and that's how they referred to the blues now a lot of people in the deep south at that time were were you know taking in this religion and they were oh my god you know if you listen to these blues musicians you're going to hell and that affected a lot of his relationships um i think his first relationship and even his second relationship the family rejected him because he was playing the devil's music his second uh relationship he he did have a child and his child uh Saw him twice and there's actually an interview with his son who's now deceased. The son's grandfather said caught Robert Johnson walking up to the house one day and said, no, I, I will not have you around my grandson with your devil's music. So that's kind of where the whole, you know, I guess blues and then rock and roll turned into the devil's music. And there was some really cool animation used to tell his story. Greg, what'd you the think anima- of that?
0: I love the animation. I love it. I thought it was uh, amazing. I thought the graphics are really really good because sometimes when they do these documentaries the graphics are really just they pan around still images and this had a lot of fading and it was just they're, they're very well done and they take things that you can't necessarily see and it has a slight there's a i guess an, a southern african style of art like you see it a lot at the house of blues and they kind of reference that but it's not over the top yeah and i thought that when they were talking about the juke joint places and they were showing areas where they used to be and now it's just big empty fields. Mm -hmm. And then they like kind of brought in almost in like an an ethereal way, but it was still very simple artwork. Just, it gave me a really cool feeling It made me like with the music coming in and stuff, it was was cool.
1: I loved how in a lot of representation of Johnson playing, they didn't exactly draw his face, Mm -hmm. but, they would have his silhouette up there playing on stage, and his shadow was in the shape of the devil or mm-hmm. a being with horns.
0: Yeah, with like red light and stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, a lot of people have referenced Robert Johnson as a the lot reason.
1: Led Zeppelin. I mean, yeah, Jimmy Page, Keith Richards, Eric Clapton, go of Yeah.
0: Cream. Yeah, yep. uh, ZZ Top, Cheryl Crow, Bonnie Raitt, Almond Brothers, a lot of country stars. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, you actually, jo- uh, job Rob. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Job. <laughs> <laughs> How's development? You most likely know at least one of his songs because it was covered by Cream. The song "Crossroads," which was one of Cream's like major songs, and it it made Eric Clapton a star. And he's mad that I called him Job. He's like, "I'm out." <laughs> actually, maybe he doesn't hear us. Uh,
2: I, I I don't really
0: look it up. <laughs> and so, all these guys, uh, Brian, yeah, Brian Jones from uh, from Rolling Stones as well, was a huge fan. And you can tell the respect that these people had for him because this little documentary that's from a little series that's on Netflix was able to actually play songs by the Rolling Stones and cream and all these big bands that have mm-hmm. huge, yeah. huge numbers associated. Like you can't get Led Zeppelin songs for cheaper than a, like basically short of a Marvel movie. You're not getting Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. And they, I was like, Oh, they're going to play something. that sounds kind of like it. And they actually not only had it, but they had these musicians playing it.
1: Yep. Yeah. And so many of these bands. So much of rock and roll, rock and roll in itself, might not exist in the form that we know it now without the contributions to music of Robert Johnson. You know, the if you go back and listen to his stuff now, if you you check him out on YouTube, yeah, the recordings they're they're pretty poor quality. I mean, we're talking about the nineteen twenties here, nineteen thirties. But if you really dig deep into it, it's a story that you can really become obsessed with. Because his life is so mysterious, it's so tragic, but he contributed so much. Mm-hmm. I highly suggest this document. Definitely, and you know, dig deeper into the life of Robert Johnson. Uh, wait, real um, quick, just
0: uh, fin- finish up <clears throat> his his life. Be how he died. Real quick.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty unfortunate. Um, after you know these these tragedies that he had, and his his greatest tra- tragedy really of um, being rejected by you know, the families of even his, his own child. Um, he turned to womanizing and lots and lots of drinking. So as is the kind of unfortunate stigma that follows rock stars at the age of 27. So, you know, an original member of the 27 club who, if you don't know, you know, includes such artists as Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Brian Jones, Anton Yelchin, Although he is an act. didn't really, He's a, he was an actor, but he, yeah, he, he, he was approaching stardom. Janice Joplin me. and oh, yeah. Pickle Rick. <laughs> Thanks for up. Um, Joplin, of
0: course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Johnson went out drinking one night. He had apparently taken up with the owner of this bar, um, his, his wife. So Johnson ordered a bottle of whiskey at the bar. The seal on the bottle of whiskey was broken. This was a $7 bottle of whiskey. So at that time, I mean, it, it was probably like $40, $50 bottle of whiskey now. Um, the person he was with slapped the bottle of whiskey out into his hands and said, don't you ever drink whiskey where the seal is broken. Robert Johnson said, don't you ever slap a bottle of $7 bottle of whiskey out of my hands again. Johnson picked up the bottle. He downed it. And there was poison in it. So Robert Johnson was poisoned. He was slumped over. People were f- still trying to get him to drink so he could go back and play. He was unable to and this is where Greg, you mentioned that he was howling on all floors all all fours on the floor all floors, yeah, vomiting, you know experiencing these you know fits and he it it took a little while, uh but he eventually succumbed to the poison and passed away. And the man who poisoned him was never formally charged. It was known. I think it was Strychnine, Rat Poison. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you can
0: check out his music on YouTube. Like Jimmy said, you can get it on Amazon, Spotify. But mm-hmm. You can get it anywhere. Uh, there's, there's, and you should. What, 29 known recordings. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's covers, Cream cover. There's, there's a whole covers album.
1: Lots of covers.
0: And you know, one of the true American artists, You know, blues is one of those one of those art forms that actually started in America, which is rare. Check it out. We like to talk about the season finales and series finales that come up throughout the year, because it's a little easier to talk about a season as a whole versus one or two episodes. So a couple uh, season finales, or a one season finale and one series finale has happened since our last recording, and I'm going to talk about the series finale of Gotham rob is going to talk about the season finale of the orville so yeah gotham i talked about it a little earlier this year maybe late last year and they did season five which is a shortened season and it closed out the the series now gotham of course was basically about the city and the police and stuff like that before batman showed up and as i've said on multiple occasions it is the weirdest show i've ever seen on television it is That crap crazy anytime you think you know what they're going to do they change it it makes no sense whatsoever yet it's still entertaining if you try to put any logic on anything it's not going to and the best way you can describe it would be just like the 60s Batman show but instead of it being colorful and bright and happy it's dark Mm. and there's actual violence so it has that same weird whatever let's go in a room and beat up a bunch of henchmen and people wearing weird costumes but at the same time it's very dark and violent so uh, to finish up their season, throughout this year, they've done a no-man's-land situation where there's Gotham. The bridges have been blown up, just like in the movie and just like in the comic. And all of the various areas have been taken over by different gangs and stuff. The penguins running around, the Riddler, the Gotham police, the different groups. There's, uh, I believe, the mutants from Dark Knight Returns. Bane's there. There's, everyone's there. Uh, they're starting to slowly get the characters from looking kind of like their comic versions to looking a lot like their comic versions, and there's a guy named Jeremiah Valeska who is very much the Joker, but apparently they weren't allowed to use the name the Joker really in the, in the series, which I did not know until today. So I huh. thought they were just like saving it for the end. Like there's no Batman yet, therefore there's no Joker yet, but there's a guy with who makes people smile and die, and he's got a smiley face. But apparently DC said no. They said they said there's been too many Jokers, so you can't use that name, huh? So and I I didn't you didn't really realize it until I was reading an article tonight and it said there was some sort of reason. Okay, so the very last episode actually jumped 10 years later. At the end of the previous episode, uh, Bruce Wayne was leaving. He was young and it jumps 10 years later and Bruce Wayne is coming back. The uh, non Joker Joker, Jeremiah. He is going to blow up Wayne Tower, which is supposed to be the symbol of like Gotham is back. We built the bridges again. We're going to show we're going to become a good city, and based on the Wayne family. So he wants to blow it up, and of course, like in every one of these things, there is a bunch of rich people having a party in it, Uh and they end up stopping it. Uh, You know, Gordon, uh, Alfred, all those, and some of the previous villains stop it, and say stop it, and. At the very end, of course, you see exactly what you expected to see. Like, as soon as they said the series was not going to have Batman, I'm like, okay, the last shot is going to be what? Just take a guess, Rob. What do you think the last shot is always going to be in a series building up to Batman?
2: Uh, The Bat-Signal?
0: Yep. Them getting ready with the Bat-Signal, and of course, off in the distance, standing on top of a building, is Batman. So, that shot, you expected. It was there. Um, It is available on Hulu, the full series, except for the newest episodes. So, if you want to check it out, you can. Couple of weird little problems I had with it. They they really messed up. I think with the cat, like the casting was okay, but the ages were weird. Like I think Bruce Wayne was too young, so they had to do this thing. Catwoman was very young at the begin at the beginning, and they they aged her eventually. But Poison Ivy it was a little weird. Because Poison Ivy was like really young, like yeah. thir- thirteen or fourteen, and they wanted to eventually get into like some sexual situations with her, as she is wont to do.
2: Uh huh.
0: And. They had her fall into, like, I forget exactly what happened. I think she fell into some chemicals and it aged her so that they could, like, handle the seduction kind of stuff. But if you really think about it, she's really a 14-year-old in a 24-year-old's body kind of thing. Right. So it was a little problematic, and I don't know why they didn't just make Poison Ivy older to begin with. And thing that I thought was a little weird that they did. Um, oh, yeah. Turning characters bad that you wouldn't expect to be bad, like Barbara Gordon throughout the series oh really like not the daughter but the wife so gordon's wife was always the beleaguered police wife in the comic and he she started off as his like fiance, and then she went nuts and she killed a bunch of people and she did a bunch of terrible things and ran like a gang and ran like a a bar and did all this terrible stuff and then the city falls it comes back and she's kind of good again in like a not hurting anyone so we'll just let you kind of act but they kind of just were like well you know the city is re- is renewed, so your record is expunged. Like, she killed like a lot of people, like a whole lot of wow. people. And they just kind of left it there. And what it seemed to me was like, we're going to be edgy and make good characters that you expect to be good to be bad just to to shock you. But then they like lost heart on it and decided to kind of like, turn around, but half heartedly. So I thought that was a little strange. But overall, wow. if you like superhero stuff, if you like Batman stuff, if you like crime, check it out. If you like weird serial killer things, check it out. That is the Gotham series finale.
2: Nice. Well, I guess I can uh jump over to the Orville from there. Have you you've seen it, right? I correct? did.
0: I was very confused at the beginning. <laughs> really? I was like, what's going on?
2: I well, because I because I binged watched the last couple of episodes mm-hmm. together, so I was kind of piggybacking off of the one right before it. And the, the finale seemed almost like a two parter mm-hmm. without actually, you know, being referred to as a two parter. So I I, I guess it we can't just, really it discuss it. It just occurs to
0: me why I was confused. My yep my episode before the finale got tr- got uh-huh. trimmed off at the end. By oh, the, by the recording.
2: now yeah that'll that'll do it. So, so I didn't
0: see the last 10 minutes. I, I guess like,
2: we can't really talk about the finale without talking about the episode before it since it kind of leads. but in the in the penultimate episode, the the first officer, Kelly Grayson, is essentially not cloned but she's she's standing close to a time device when they go through a graviton field. And basically what happens is it pulls her earlier self out of the timeline continuum and places places her on the Orville. So there's a difference of about seven years. So this is from before she started on the Orville. This is before she started dating uh, Captain Mercer before, you know, they had they had essentially just gone out on their first date when she was pulled from that timeline. And then she was deposited on the ship and she still had her ambitions and everything of being a a. I keep wanting to call it Starfleet, being a union officer. I know. She 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 still had her aspirations of wanting to be a union officer, wanting to, you know, have friends and have a family and all of that. And meeting her essentially future self, yeah, I, I totally did air quotes while I was talking <laughs> and I don't know why. But, you know, upon meeting her future self, you know, she expressed how she was kind of disappointed because, you know, her future self is saying – like the exact opposite of everything that she had thought she ever wanted, you know she had to keep a distance from the people who worked underneath her. She wasn't even a captain, she was just the first officer she didn't have a family she was she was divorced, so you know she was she was feeling a little disappointed, and the younger version of Kelly actually asked Captain Mercer to go out with her and then there's this whole weird like relationship thing between Captain Mercer and younger Kelly. And it was, it was a little awkward. I don't know how you felt about that, Greg, but it was, it was, it was a little awkward. But then she found out a lot of the backstory between Kelly and, and yeah. Ed and made a decision once they did, once they were able to figure out how to return her to the place in time where she was, because they also, they also state that they were unsure of whether or not their time is linear, or whether or not it's alternate timelines, a la Avengers. So they're like, you know, how does time actually work? We're not 100 sure. This is kind of uncharted territory. Is time linear? Like, if we send her back with knowledge of the future, are we effed, or is it just essentially we've created an alternate timeline where she now lives here? And you know, so they they figured out how to return her to her time, and just in case they figured out a way to wipe her memory. Well. The reason why Greg was so confused was because at the end of the episode, you find out that the memory wipe didn't work. Hmm. And and younger Kelly decides to save her and Captain Mercer a lot of heartache and pain and just deny the second date. So they never went out again, and they never got married, and the whole cascade of events led to the next episode. Okay. Which is... The next episode leads in with Ed Ed Mercer, who is no longer captain of the Orville, and Gordon stealing a food replicator and and you know basically running away from the the Kylons. Yeah, I think so. I, whatever uh, the robot race that has apparently dominated the entire galaxy and is wiping organic uh, life off the face off the face of the universe because. Kelly and Ed had never gone out on their date, which meant they never got married, which meant they never got divorced, which meant Kelly never went to the Admiralty to get Ed Mercer the posting on the Orville, and she was never on the Orville with Ed, and they weren't there to stop the invasion that happened, the the big invasion that happened a couple episodes, which meant the invasion succeeded, and they took over Earth and basically started wiping out all organic life.
0: That food thing that they were stealing looked like a micro, oh, it was a microwave.
2: Yeah, it was a microwave. (laughs) I
0: was like, and it's funny because they're running through the thing and I'm like, what's going on? And they're, why do they have a microwave?
2: And, and speaking of which, have you seen all the episodes from this, from this season? The, the episode that I talked about earlier, earlier in one of our, one of our podcasts, I thought was absolutely hilarious. And I have to know what you thought about it while I'm thinking about it. What did you think of the episode where they, where they secured the alliance with the, with the Machlins? And they they had the the female there who was talking who was all enamored with yeah, Dolly yeah. Parton, <laughs> and then and then during the big space battle at the end
0: of the movie, they were playing mm-hmm. Nine to Five as the soundtrack for the giant space. it, yeah, it, was, it was a good callback. <laughs> now I will say I, I looked this up before we kind of started this, and this season, so season two, actually got a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and an, did it and really a, by critics and also by uh fans I'm not sure if it got the hundred by fans, but it got hundred percent by critics i was I was very surprised unless I read it wrong but I was very surprised
2: and and i I have to say I really really enjoyed this season I thought it was very well done the yeah. the storylines that they kept throwing at you had just the right mix of comedy and and situations that kind of made you think and question your your prejudices and judgments and everything mm-hmm. and and I love that. That they brought back Alara? Is it Alara?
0: Yeah, for the last episode. Yeah, for the That's last the, episode. The security person.
2: Yeah, who who inexplicably left like two episodes in. Yeah, Hallspan Sage, the actress. Yes, yes, and I love that they brought her back. So that that at least gives me hope that she, you know, she may have a a recurring um, guest shot. You know, because I liked her character. Yeah, but no, I, 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 I like the Good. characters in this show. I really liked the storyline that they put together for this finale. I'm not so sold on the execution of it because anytime you get into the time travel thing, it gets a little weird. It gets a little, a little crazy. And I was like, "Uh, okay, they didn't focus on it too much other than, you know, Hey, we have to fix the timeline kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they came up with this way to fix it and it was like, "Uh, okay, so I, I I thought I thought this finale and this this it, it essentially was a two part finale and I, I thought it was really good I I enjoyed it a lot
0: yeah the, this show has I think it has some detractors and I think the problem is is it makes hard sci fi very approachable with mm-hmm. humor with decent writing and with interesting questions and quandaries and I think some of like the the Star Trek like the hardcore Star Trek fans that like also would probably hate Star Wars. They are very vocal about, wow, that's not that I can't watch this. It's making fun of it and blah, blah, blah. And those people are nerds. Watch the show. Yes. That's all I got to
2: say. Definitely, definitely
0: watch the show.
2: It's very enjoyable and it asks a lot of hard questions and actually makes you think about a lot of things
1: as well. Have you guys seen this new series on Netflix, Black Summer?
0: I have. I've seen the splash screen while watching something else. All right, let's talk about it. The splash screen's nice. Uh, It's a solid image. Mm -hmm. I believe it's got some sort of decaying looking face. And then I clicked on the Ted Bundy documentary.
1: And and... you started watching that instead. Yes. And that may have been a very good decision. Now I started watching this eh, like a week and a half ago. I got through the first two episodes and I said to myself, Hey, this is really good. And I mentioned it to the good friend of our show, Kerwin. And he said, man, man, just fucking stop watching it.
2: <laughs>
1: so I said, Which is thanks why for saving me the Jeff. time. He is, yeah. Uh Kerwin and I have, uh, I, I think with us, he has a lot of similar interests. And I said, all right, thanks for saving me the time. Now, Rob, you texted us and said, we should cover the show Black Summer. So I said, all right, I'll, I'll go ahead and just finish it out. Because as a completist, it, it's like reading a book in a series you know, watching a uh, first part of a trilogy, I just can't. I, I have to finish it. And this one, I, I really could have skipped. We should have listened to Kerwin on this one, in my opinion. So while there have been, you know, lots of positive views, Stephen King even said it was a good series. I just disagree. I, I disagree with the master of horror here. So it, there were. It, so my biggest problem with this series was that. Everybody, every character in the show and every situation was like, people have never heard of a zombie. Did you, have you picked up on that at all, Rob?
2: Um, the, I don't know that they haven't heard of it so much as they, they don't recognize it for what it is like through their blind panic because mm-hmm. people, people in this show spend so many waste, so many bullets, just firing them into the body. Oh my God. Oh, that one didn't work. Let me try the other side. Oh, that one didn't work. Let me try the stomach. Oh, that one didn't work. I'm like, really, dude? Just shoot him in the head. Come on. Yeah,
1: and it was... That part of it was so stupid because I, I even felt like it, at one point one of the characters had, like, a cheat code on because I didn't see him change clips. And he mm-hmm. put, like, 30, 40 rounds through that, that handgun. You know yeah. who I'm talking about? Spears? The, yeah, yeah. Fake spears? Yeah. So... You know, my initial reaction was, hey, this is really cool because they would do these segments where you would see somebody die and they they would like come back to it later. They would show how that person died, how that person came back. And it would kind of jump around a little bit like a, a Pulp Fiction kind of dealio. There were some really cool continuous shots that eventually really annoyed me because – and I love found footage films when they're done well but there were a lot of the cameraman running behind a person and it was just bouncing so much. Mm -hmm. And I don't normally experience this, but I got nauseous. Oh God, stop, you know, put that thing on a track. So (sighs) I I think the first part of that, that really kind of drove me nuts was there were a couple of backpackers. They were walking through this neighborhood and they're like looking at a map and you're, you're it, the camera follows this woman who had recently turned she runs into a backyard. She's like, mm-hmm. like make grunting and beating on the fence and stuff like that. And then, so she's in the backyard, and in the front yard, these two guys stop, and they're looking at a map. Like, you don't hear that? There, there just yeah. seemed to be no sense of urgency with these people walking through these neighborhoods, trying to get to this goddamn stadium, which I was just like, really? That's like a zombie salad bar. You're going to pack everyone into the stadium. And then expect yeah. to seal it up. I, just, yeah. I, I thought it was so stupid. The whole premise was so dumb.
2: Um, I I had I had a slightly different okay issue with it. Yeah the the show itself, uh, the first episode or two, I I agree with you. I w- I was very intrigued with how they were introducing all of the characters and kind of tying everybody together because. You know, you would watch someone else's story and you'd be like, oh, that's Ryan from the other story where he went and did that. Okay, so Mm -hmm. then they went off that way and then this person was here at the same time and they did this. And they and they kind of showed you how all of the people like interacted and and how everything, you know, kind of linked together. The problem I had with the show was that they it seemed kind of like they wanted to do a Walking Dead Mm -hmm. without all of the exposition and character development.
1: Yeah, there sure was not
2: a whole lot of that because because every scene, I and I swear to God, like every scene in this show, they are running for their like literally running for their lives. I was exhausted. I was like, you know, at, at some point you get fatigued from just being amped up like all the time. And I'm like, ah, really? There's there's got to how do you how are you still running? I I can't. I don't even I can't do it. it it there was just there was just no downtime and you you really need for anything to kind of take hold you really need that change of pace from the this the super fast super dangerous oh my god we gotta get away from these zombies to the letdown so that you can let the tension build back up because if mm-hmm. you're always running at at volume 10 eventually you go deaf and that's kind of what happened I was like
1: eh yeah, I think All right. I, I agree. I think after episode two, it really fell flat on its face. Mm-hmm. I think there were only a couple of characters that they developed enough that you kind of cared for them.
2: Yeah, I didn't. Get
1: yeah. Uh, Sun, who's one of the main characters, I thought she was really great. I thought it was well acted.
2: And it pisses me off that that she spends the whole time talking in Korean to nobody who knows Korean.
1: But they somehow understood her.
2: Yeah, I'm like
1: which was really okay. weird because she's talking in in Korean and then Velez who was kind of the other main character in it he's like, "Oh yeah, go over there." Okay. And I'm like, oh, "Wait, what? You've been together for a day and you or like even a few hours and you understand her somehow?"
2: I, are you, are you seeing her subtitles? What are you what are you looking at? Exactly. I don't understand
1: how <laughs> Yeah, so and Episode three, man, they go into this school and, you know, this is one of Kerwin's big gripes with it. They had no reason to go in there. And I, I absolutely hated the Lord of the Flies treatment Uh huh. with the. the And that's exactly what I thought when they went in
2: there too. I was like, oh my God, it's Lord of the Flies in here.
1: Yeah. There's this group of kids, this group of like murderous children who, how long had this even been going on? It, it, I, I don't know. It felt like this outbreak. Years. Like, like they'd been there for years. I
0: hate when something like that happens. they will be like, society breaks down for a week and all of a sudden people are speaking in tongues and wearing weird costumes and...
1: Yeah. Looking at you, Walking Dead. Yeah. They had this, like, school and these kids were all, like, they had rigged up the PA system. They had murdered a bunch of people and there was a leader and the kids were all trained marksmen at this point. I'm like, wait.
2: And this has literally only been like a couple hours.
1: Exactly. (laughs) People are trying to get to a military installation. And I'm just like, how did that happen so fast? It's just, it was really dumb.
2: Yeah. It's not, and it pains me to say it, but it's not, it's not good. I will say the, the one scene that got me though, there was one scene that I was like, oh man. All right. That's, That's pretty intense is the one, I don't even remember his name, but the one guy is the brunette guy. He's got light eyes or whatever. He was running from that zombie. The zombie was like was like tracking him. And he was running from that zombie for like ever. And he runs into that little store and he's hiding like in the library or whatever with all the books. And the one guy comes in and takes out the zombie and basically saves this, guy lo- this guy's life. Yep. And he was coming up to thank him. And as he's walking up, the guy's like, ah, oh, damn thing bit me, blah, 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 blah. And he reaches over and grabs that paperweight or whatever. And, you know, they have that close up on his face as, you know, he's he's crying because he knows what he has to do. And it's like mm-hmm. this guy just saved his life. And he's like, thank you. And he swings the thing and the screen goes black. And it's like, oh, OK, maybe we are going to have a little. Oh, no, we're not. Never mind.
1: Yeah. No, it. I i that scene pissed me off. It, there were a lot of decisions made in this show that made me physically angry. And that was one of them, so really, yeah, because I thought this guy coming in to save this dude's life was like one of these hardened badasses, and he was gonna be a part of the show, and he comes in he beats his zombie's ass, and then he 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 gets bit, I'm like, so the uh, people oh, you were you were
2: you were mad at the show writers, not at the guy
1: for actually killing him, no yeah, exactly, okay, okay,
2: and see i i thought I thought that was a nice little. That, that was probably the, the biggest part about the show that I, that was the, the one scene in the show that I really did like was that they showed the hard choice that, Oh my God, thank you for saving my life, mm-hmm. but you gotta go, bro. And, and it really, really pains me to do this, but you gotta go.
1: Yeah. But other decisions that were made were absolutely stupid.
2: Yeah. So, it's like the so, writers
1: were confused.
2: All in all. I'm gonna say, don't don't bother watching. Books.
1: Don't watch it. No, it's not worth it. Not worth your time not commitment. Worth,
2: not worth not worth the time commitment.
0: Well, we've come to the end of our show for the most mm-hmm. part, and that means it is time for the question. Based on my review of Gotham and their their ten year jump, I have decided to ask these guys what are the best time jumps that have happened in a television shows. They jumped the show forward.
1: Yep. And I'll go ahead and go first. I was,
0: yeah, I was, I was going to say, make sure you explain
2: that because I, so, I'm going to have some qualifications.
0: So you're watching an episode. It could be an episode or a season. And they all of a sudden decide to show what life is like on the show for those characters. Five years in the future, six months in the future, ten years in the future. Mm-hmm. And show that kind of stuff. So it could be like there's Simpsons episodes that have done it. There's a bunch of other shows. It doesn't necessarily have to be a whole season, although you could do that. But it's what what when they take the characters and move them forward and then you're kind of left as part of the plot and part of the watching experience trying to figure out how they got from point A to point B, as well as, you know, what happened to these characters and have they changed that. So, guys, what are the best time jumps in television?
1: I'll go ahead and go first. Go for it. I'm going to go five to one. So number five is going to be The Walking Dead. The show you've been angry with. I I have, but I think it was a good time jump like 10 years into the future or something like that. My number four is going to be Lost, though I, I did like it for a little while. Number three, Breaking Bad, jumps ahead okay. like five and a half months, something like that. And that's
0: when all the money appears, correct?
1: Mm, I, remember, I think so.
0: If I remember correctly. Like that's when she gets on board, the wife gets on board, and all of a sudden you start seeing them making a crap ton of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. True Detective Season 1. Oh, I
0: forgot about that one.
1: Yep. jumps ahead, jumps back, but absolutely classic. I mean, watch it if you haven't seen it. Sign up for a HBO Go one-week trial and binge on that. Mm-hmm. Best eight-hour movie I've ever seen. My number one is Umbrella Academy. A recent one? Mm-hmm. Very recent. They jump ahead quite a few years, like 20 years, something like that, uh, from the very beginning. So that is my list. Short and sweet. There you go. I will is, go next.
0: Is,
2: okay. Uh, oh I, No, I was going to say, is that really a jump, or was that just just groundwork information. I mean, to me, to me, the show was the present day. And that first episode was really just kind of background information.
1: I think it drunk. It jumps from one time to another. It drunks from one time. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I think it jumps. Okay. That's my listeners. You can yell at Jimmy online. Yeah. If, if, if you disagree, let me know.
0: Or you can visit him at his house at nine, seven, eight. Yep. Come on over. Broken Willow Way. Bring some, some back mountain boulevard
1: that's yes. not
0: right <laughs> okay ready right, so here's my five uh mad men i love this show i actually thought it was going to end on a more of a jump forward than it kind of did but there was an episode that jumped 14 months uh called for those who think young and it's kind of showed uh don draper started start off as kind of a thanksgiving thing and then Things kind of broke down and it showed where everyone was in 14 year, 14 months. Cool thing about that was it showed the people that are advancing and learning from their mistakes and the people that were getting worse and digging in on the stupid things they do. Uh, the Americans, the final season, they actually did a jump ahead by three years and the two spies, if you haven't watched the Americans, it's a great show. Uh, the two Russian spies, one of which was one of whom the husband was over it, didn't want to do it anymore. The wife was still doing all the spy work. And getting frustrated that she was doing it alone, but the husband, of course, had to keep her secret and had to help out occasionally, and it was a very uh it added another layer of suspense to the show. Battlestar Galactica. Uh lay down your burdens. This is what the this is weird to me because the first time I saw it, I hated it because I started watching right around this episode and I had no idea that it was a time jump. I just thought everyone started looking different and that crap just went completely haywire. It's like what is going on? And then I got the the blu rays and I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, the quote-unquote bad guy becomes the president, and they jump forward to show just how badly he screws up, and it's, it's season two to season three is that time. Parks and Rec, uh, the last season in 2014, the episode is moving up. They jumped ahead three three years, and you kind of saw where the people ended up, and it was, it was actually very touching, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I actually teared up at times. And my number one is Lost. We mentioned it before. This episode literally made me think I was going crazy. I watched it, it was a very famous episode, uh, Through the Looking Glass. All of the flashbacks at the very end, you you see Jack go up to uh, Kate, who's Wasp now. And he's like, we have to go back to the island. And they reveal at the very end of the episode that they weren't flashbacks that you were seeing. They were actually flash forwards from their life on the island. And it completely and utterly blew my mind. And it kept me up all night. I couldn't fall asleep because I was just thinking about all the connections and it was awesome.
2: Okay, well i I have to admit, I've got a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, in doing some of the research, because I'm terrible about remembering like flash forwards and stuff like that, so I was trying to figure out what shows I had watched that had done had, had actually done a time jump. And Rob, in fact, it, most
0: you were just playing Rocket League during every one of those episodes, weren't you? So I, I, I,
2: I yeah. may have been, okay. But I, in going through the lists of like all these shows that have done time jumps. I'm realizing that I've never really watched any of these shows. So I've, I've actually got three shows on here that I have, in fact, watched and, and have enjoyed. But as bonus, I'm just going to throw in two time travel shows that you should watch, especially for our younger audience. There's some time travel shows out there that were actually pretty good. And if you can find them, you should probably check them out.
1: Don't date us too much.
2: Oh, I'm totally dating myself. <laughs> Don't date I me won't... at all. That would save me a lot of pain. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, I, I'm going to start with uh, The Walking Dead because they, they did utilize a time jump and I have enjoyed that show. I haven't watched any of this. I, I, I have kind of lost interest. But also at my number two pick, I'm going to put in Sherlock, the the BBC version of Sherlock that stars Benedict Cumberbatch.
0: Ah,
1: Benedict Latch.
0: Yes, yes. Yes. Yes.
1: Bunderdort, Cumber, Bun.
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, season three actually jumps two years ahead from the end of season two, and it's it's a it's a nice little thing, and it shows how everybody kind of deals with Sherlock faking is so to speak. Mm-hmm. But my number one will be Supernatural because I've watched this show a lot. I've loved this show. I've I have gone on record as saying that the show has gone on way too long. I've yep. enjoyed it yep. and I've watched it, but it, it should have ended at season three. That would have been the perfect place to end it. And I believe that was initially where they were expecting on ending it, but then they continued it another twelve seasons or thirteen seasons. <laughs> People love
0: it. Um, yeah, yeah. They will, yeah, they but will uh, I it, take your opinion very seriously as they roll around in all that extra money.
2: Exactly, exactly. But at the end of season six, they after Sam gets locked in Lucifer's cage, they flash forward a year and a half at the start of the next season.
0: Mm.
2: So basically, to show what's happened when Sam was stuck in Lucifer. So those will those will be my my series that utilize the time jump. So as a bonus, I'm going to throw in two TV series that are a little older that incorporate time travel. Okay. That you should probably check out if you get the opportunity. And I'm going to put Sliders in because Sliders was a time travel TV show.
1: Oh, that was on my list.
2: And it's, it's a great TV show that stars John Reese Davies and, uh, is it Jerry O'Connell?
1: Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jerry
2: O'Connell. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Uh, but, I was just going to say Sliders was the fun Quantum Leap.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, incidentally, is the other show on my list. If you haven't watched it, <laughs> With you Scott should Scott have less...
0: Which is the less fun Sliders. Yeah. Ironically. Yes.
2: However, it is still an excellent show. Jimmy, are you old enough to have watched Quantum Leap?
0: I did.
1: I didn't like it. I, I just... I didn't like Scott Bakula.
2: Oh, see, I liked Scott Bakula. Yeah. Just and trying. he... He gets lost in time and the the premise of the show is he's lost in time and he's traveling through time and everywhere he goes, something in the timeline has gone wrong and he's gotta fix it so that he can before he can jump again. So basically he's gotta go fix things and then and then that magically makes him jump into the next one. And every time he jumps, he hopes that his next jump will be the leap home. Which is
0: why the show is called Quantum Leap. But nah. it's it's a The thing I liked about both of those shows you mm-hmm. just mentioned was You didn't have to watch the whole like series. You could pick up any episode here or there. Very episodic. Get it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it still did have an overarching story. But you weren't ever lost. No pun intended. And (laughs) a (laughs) lot of no puns there. Uh, Yeah, it was it was a fun show, and you could pick it up. You are like, I don't feel like watching something set in the fifties right now, so you watch something else. But if there was something set in a different era, there you go. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and great shows, super fun. If you haven't seen them, they're a little bit older, so our younger audience may not have watched them or heard of them or whatever. But you'll occasionally get references to them from various TV shows or movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Check them out. Cool. Rob, take us out. Well, guys, like always, if you want to get in touch with us, let us know what you thought of the episode, or if you have any of the lists that you want us to read on air, just hit us up. You can find us on Facebook if you search for the Give Me Five podcast, you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at give me five pod, or you can email us directly, give me five podcast at gmail.com. And as always, guys, remember that five is spelled out, F-I-V-E, not the number five. <laughs> and please direct all hate mail to Greg.
1: <laughs> yes, please. Not me. Or me. Well, we're at the end.
0: And as we've been doing recently, the host of the episode gets a chance to rant about something that is annoying them. And I am the host this week, so I'm about to rant. Real good. Real good. Drop it.
1: And speaking of real good, we've got a new track accompanying the rant. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this little drop that we created and a big special thanks to the artist Shredder 1984. You guys can check him out at shredder1984.bandcamp.com He has allowed us to use his track Samurai Cyberpunk from the album Dystopian Future for this drop. So enjoy, check him out, support the artist.
0: So it's time to close out this episode with the rant.
2: I got something to say You know what really grinds my gears?
1: Listen, you fuckers, screwheads. Here's a man who would not take anymore. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, poor, flushing low low-life, limbed over-stuffed, ignorant, blood sucky, dog-kissing, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiflet, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is! Hallelujah.
0: Holy shit. Guys, do you know what the Wilhelm Scream is? Yeah. Yes.
1: An yes. overused yes. sound clip.
0: So The Wilhelm Scream, just a real quick history on this, used as far back as 1951. It was recorded by a guy named Sheb Woolley, and it was used in a movie called The Charge at Feather River. And it was named after a guy named Private Wilhelm, who is who utters that scream, although he wasn't the person I think that did it. When he was being grabbed by a crocodile or an alligator or something. Uh, then it kind of fell into obscurity. And then in 1977, it uh, reappeared in Star Wars because Ben Burtt, who is the genius audio engineer that created most of the sound effects, like this, the lightsaber and the blasters and R2-D2 and all that stuff, he found it in a vault, included it in Star Wars, and the rest is history. Uh, for those of you that do not know what it is, it's this. And, you know, here's the deal. It seems like ever since they used it in Star Wars, when a lot of people decided to become filmmakers because they were inspired by Star Wars, which is good, they now all decide to do their little homage to the Wilhelm screen by sticking it in their movie. Uh, It's been in every Star Wars movie up until The Last Jedi. It's been in every single one of the Marvel movies, almost Uh, Hunger Games, Indiana Jones, Twilight. Uh, It's been in Tron Legacy, Machete, a lot of the Quentin Tarantino movies, all those things. And I have a problem with it. I hate it. It's... this second you hear it, it pulls me right out of the movie.
1: I absolutely
0: agree. Like, and the some of the big problems is it's used in key moments of the movie. Like, Toy Story, Buzz gets knocked out of the window. That's a major plot point. What sound does he make? Hmm. You know, uh, Luke, in Star Wars, which this wasn't a big deal back then, but he shoots a bunch of stormtroopers off of a ledge in a key point of Star Wars. The most recent, most egregious one that actually got me angry here was in infinity war when tony stark blasts the side of the wall of the spaceship and it sucks the ebony Maw out mm-hmm. of it. what do you hear mm. the guy with the awesome voice and awesome kind of like delivery there you go <laughs> like, out of the movie and it immediately makes me stop being like with this group of superhero powers powered heroes trying to save the world and all i'm picturing is this like sound editor like oh yeah i'm gonna I got to use that and looking through a database of sound effects to drop the same thing. Yep. And, you know, to, to put it in our world, Jimmy, it like it was kind of start off as an in joke. And now it's like this little sign of like film nerd credibility. Like, ah, I, I went to film school. I have to eat the Will on screen.
1: No, and you it, don't.
0: It's to me, it's honestly the comic sands of the mm. film world. Yeah. Like every, it goes to design school. The first thing they hear is don't use Comic Sans because Comic Sans immediately screams like office manager or intern. That's being like told to make a sign for the office to celebrate like the company picnic or something. And they're like, well, let's just use this fun font. And like, they get that out of your system right away. And it's like the opposite of that with the Wilhelm scream. It's like, Oh, well, you're you're a filmmaker now. So don't forget, you got to say thanks to Spielberg and Lucas. Star Wars has actually officially said they're stopping doing it. It was not in last Jedi and it won't be anywhere. Good. So it's, but Yay. Everyone else needs to take the hint and no more Will <laughs> Son <of a> bitch. <laughs> but I love that it was kinda crispy on the outside and kinda like moist on the inside. No comment Rup. And <laughs> <laughs> so <No. laughs>